John, how are you today? Hi, Elliot. Good. And uh, obviously, as everybody knows from the from this week, um, you know the, the the verdicts in Minnesota came down. So um, there's at least uh, some initial initial hope uh, on uh, all sorts of issues that I know the whole country's been grappling with. So that's sort of important to note today. Yes, indeed. And uh, this week, I I saw that um, Attorney General. Uh, Garland gave a speech um, at the uh, uh, in Oklahoma City uh, commemorating the 26th um, anniversary of the um, attack there on the Mora building. Um, so I thought uh, you and I have talked about domestic terrorism a lot over the last year, and I thought it would be good uh, maybe to uh, take off from the attorney general's comments and talk about it again today. Did you see the uh, remarks that were published? Yeah, he noted that it was 26 years ago and, um, you know, said in, in his prepared remarks that, as he specifically, that although many years have passed, the terror perpetrated by people like Timothy McVeigh are still with us. And, and then he, he reminds everybody that just last month, as we know, the FBI warned of ongoing and heightened threat posed by domestic violent extremists. And, and, I, and I know we chatted about this as well. I saw separately a report issued on the same day, this is April 19th, um, by the um, Dig Digital Citizens Alliance. And the report, the domestic extremists next door, goes into great lengths about um, the abuse of social media by militia groups. But one of the things they highlighted, which I, I didn't, think that much about until you know you and I talked and we saw the Garland speech is that April 19th actually is symbolic for those in the militia movement so it was the the date of the end of the Waco standoff and then of course it was Oklahoma City so that was why this particular organization um, released this report and people should take a look at it it's a it's a lengthy report 50 plus pages and they do talk about how uh uh, you know, social media has been used by these uh, individuals and these organizations. And obviously, January 6th is a perfect example of that. Uh, but they also talk about something like we have talked about, and that is the current lack of penalties under federal law for domestic terrorism. And, and I know there's been a lot of debate on this because the potential for uh, some, some feel abuse. Others feel that there are other statutes that can be used. So, you know, I'm not certainly don't I'm not prepared to weigh in nor do I think I have the expertise to do that but I do think that this highlights what you just said and that is the heightened activity of domestic terrorists has a financial component and obviously our community needs to be aware of that and on top of that and, and sort of read and pay attention to anything that comes out that sort of enhances our ability to be, be proactive uh agreed <clears throat> and excuse me and it is um a continuing challenge for um, the uh, financial crimes compliance community to identify activity. Um, as we know, going all the way back, and we've talked about this before too, to the 9-11 report, oftentimes, uh, whether it's foreign or domestic terrorist activity, the financial clues uh, are not obvious uh, because they look... Uh, they look a lot like uh, low dollar, um, you know, what I'll call 
in quotes, normal activity. So continuing to identify topologies and share them across the community um, is a very valuable thing. Uh, I too would um, uh, not uh, take on uh, as an expert the whole question of whether we have enough statutes or we need more statutes, but we need, we all definitely need continuing vigilance. And I think that that's an important uh, thing to get out of the report that you talked about and also uh, out of the attorney general's comments. Right. And, you know, again, going back to this, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of different statistics, but the FBI does typically report over hundreds of cases of domestic terrorism, and they do run across the political spectrum, although mostly uh, on, the, on the far right, although not exclusively. Obviously, you had the shootings in 2017 uh, of Republicans uh, at a uh, practice for a congressional baseball game. Um, and, but you also, you know, I think that the notion of creating that statute is what's it going to lead to in terms of, you know, SAR reporting and all that sort of stuff. That, that's the debate that should, should happen, obviously. And, and as um, filers of that, our community should have a voice. Maybe we're not a primary stakeholder, but be part of that. But I think at the end of the day, it's like you say, it's, it's you know, staying on top of things, staying engaged, paying attention. Um, so we'll continue to provide our community with uh, reports that we think are valuable. Obviously, if you're not already signed up to the FBI alerts um, on their website, you should do that. This uh, Digital Citizens Alliance, I don't pretend to know much about it, but I got it from a, a good group of people that I'm engaged in. That's also maybe a report to take a look at. But just in general, um, you stay on top of this. Our, our friend and colleague, Dennis Lormel, has written extensively about domestic terrorism. So I think it's going to continue to be a priority in 2021 and beyond. So we just wanted to highlight that this is a horrific week in terms of uh, April 19th. Um, but the more we pay attention, the better, better we are. Agreed. Um, so, John, before we ring off, I want to uh, give you a chance to do what you did a couple weeks ago, and that's give a quick uh, plug for our um, for this uh, podcast and our other podcast series. So. Can you let our listeners know how they can sign up and subscribe? So uh, two ways. You can obviously go on our website uh, and check um, from time to time, but that obviously takes a little more effort. <laughs> but you go to iTunes and you can subscribe there. And as Elliot points out, it's under the uh, uh, heading of AML Conversations. I'm very excited about the next one that will be out shortly because it was a really fun interview. I interviewed Paul Camacho, who is uh, uh, involved in financial crime prevention, at a uh, tribal uh, gaming property in uh, Southern California, but many, many years spent at IRS. And so we talked exclusively about his passion regarding the legacy of Elmer Ivey, who was an IRS CI chief uh, in the uh, 30s and 40s, um, who did some amazing things. So uh, look for that. That'll be out shortly. But of course, subscribe. These are shorter pieces uh what you're listening to today those other ones can go 25 30 minutes uh but we hope uh, you'll find all of that pretty compelling thanks john and i will talk to you next week all right elliot stay safe you too bye bye